welcome to the most magical podcast you'll ever hear this week that has been recorded by myself and Steve. <laughs> I don't know if you're expecting that particular introduction for this one, but we are on our episode 14, honoring the great Pete Rose. And indeed. Indeed, indubitably. It is a morning edition of this. We're going to be recording it here. So this this could take us our day completely off the wire. Steve, welcome back into uh, Lay Studio, Lay Chateau Studio. de Patrick. Chicago, Illinois. I-L. I-L. <laughs> yes, I, and I got a treat of uh, going up to uh, the fine state to our north and uh, watching the uh, the news up there. And boy, is that a... That's an experience watching uh, Milwaukee news. Uh, what is some of the hard hitting journalism they talk about? Well, one, uh, it was interesting. There were there were a few stories that uh, uh, led that I was not expecting, um, just given some of the national news stories that were occurring uh, yesterday. Uh, but uh, then, yeah, the uh, hard hitting segment was about a company in Ohio that makes butter, um, and apparently there's some law in Wisconsin that uh, that they enacted in the fifties. Uh, that requires a taste tester to taste your butter in order for it to be sold in the state of Wisconsin. That's awesome. And <laughs> apparently this company hadn't done it, so they got all their product pulled from shelves. I think it, I, it for, for that story. And that was my- like a five-minute segment on, on you know, a, what, a 30-minute broadcast? That's hilarious. I, I think of Napoleon Dynamite when he's either doing, uh, when he's doing the 4-H stuff. Oh, yeah. And he's testing the milk. This guy got an onion patch. <laughs> like, that is exactly what I'm picturing. But before this conversation goes completely off the rails, I digress. But, Steve, thanks for being here. Let's go through the details of the show. Yeah. I, you want to go through them? Or I'll, I'll, I'll happily go through okay. them. So, yeah, uh, go and uh, check us out online at uh, ohthispodcast.com. You can check out all of our episodes. Uh, you get a little biography about uh, each one of us if you're hip to that. Uh, we've uh, got every episode. You can also catch us on uh, iTunes and on uh, Google Play Store if you want to uh, – uh, catch the episodes there as well. Um, you can get us on uh, Facebook. Check us out there. Like our, like our page. You can also get us on Twitter at, at oh, this podcast. And uh, we also have a Patreon if you uh, want to support the show. And uh, you know, and we've actually uh, this week got a little bit of a treat for you in that regard because uh, we've got a little bit of a a, a twist. You know, normally we've been uh, in the in the makings of uh, you know pulling our our own choices for beers, but we've got a little bit uh, of a nuance here because uh, we've got our first. Uh, Cho- uh, our first uh, fan chosen beer for the show and uh yeah boy it's gonna be a doozy today yeah it's <laughs> gonna be good um some production notes for this show uh i have been informed by our production crew and our production manager that our dj Airhorn is on the fritz today so <laughs> i'm requiring steve to take into the by voice <laughs> as we go along here and um yes we do have our first beer sponsor and they chose to remain anonymous they but, did uh Let's hop into the beer of the week, and then, Steve, once you're done letting us know, bum, 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 and we can go into our first topic. <laughs> How's that sound? Yeah, I, I will uh, I'll vary up the horns because I like to keep things, uh, you know, and I, uh, I like to keep people guessing. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have we'll, – we'll <laughs> that would be the best one. <laughs> that, that's an appropriate one for this beer, that's for damn sure, um, because this week we are uh, leaving the world of craft, which I uh, love and – cherish so dearly and uh, we're going to the macro brew section and uh, this week we are going to be drinking from golden colorado coors banquet beer <laughs> a, a perfect beer for you know 11 o'clock on a friday morning <laughs> um so the uh the the, the gist of uh coors banquet beer uh you know <laughs> um it is an American adjunct lager, um, yeah, and uh, clocks in at about five percent uh, alcohol. Year-round availability, you can get it just about anywhere in the you country. Get it in all states? Uh, I I would reckon so. You uh, get it internationally too, probably. Probably under a different brand name, but uh, yeah, the, it's it's certainly a widely available beer. Okay. Um, it is a get uh, very simple. Uh, it's it's you know. Brewed with uh, water, barley, malt, corn, yeast, and hops, as they say. It and has a light yellow color. It is, yeah, it is a beautiful uh, pale yellow, and uh, yeah, it's uh, basically tastes like uh, thin straw uh, with a little bit of uh, fizzy cat uh, piss. You know, heavy. <laughs> I I didn't say that. You said that. Um, it's uh, it's fizzy white uh, uh, head on it. Uh, you get a little bit of the corn flavor. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really virtually no, no discernible, uh, 
strong flavors whatsoever and uh just kind of a clean finish to it uh not not very remarkable but uh you know if if that's what you're into and you just want to slam a bunch of beers uh, and you don't want to look like you're drinking light beers i guess you move on up to the banquet to the banquet so good for barbecues mowing the lawn yeah uh playing croquet in uh, front of your home binge drinking uh yeah just general things uh that uh if generally if you don't enjoy things that taste good and you but you need something to drink that has to have alcohol in it i guess this would be a, a viable option for you yeah so it um tastes it, like rubbing alcohol <laughs> it's not that terrible but it's it's not good either uh clocks in at 64 which i was a little surprised about uh on uh a beer advocate because they're generally a little bit more conservative on their ratings. Interesting. Um, and it, it comes in at rate beer at one out of a hundred. So, uh, so it's the number one beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's if that's, you know, you want to use alternative facts, uh, that, that could be one way you could steer that golf score. So <laughs> the moral of the story is if you want to subject us to these types of, uh, these mockeries and ratings and reviews while we drink these things, uh, go support us, go, uh, you can hit us up on the Patreon and also Twitter and we'll, We'll work out a way that you can take and be the beer of the week sponsor. And oh God, thanks a lot. Yeah, we uh, we seriously appreciate it. We don't salute you. <laughs> <laughs> so. And oh, and, and one last note on this fine beer: it's available in cans and bottles. We're we're drinking out of cans today. Yes, because very. that's what was available at the store. Yeah, <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> awesome. So with that. Let's roll into the wah, 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 wah. Oh, Let's get this show on the road, awesome, Patrick. Awesome. Well, and what are we going to be doing uh, this evening, Patrick? Uh, we have a uh, a bit of a, an agenda for the day, but uh, this evening we do have a little bit of a uh, of a plan of attack, and uh, it kind of ties into the segment that we're going to roll out here, because we are going to be talking about something near and dear to our hearts during our childhoods. Yeah. Mm hmm. Care Bears. Not Care Bears. Okay, because that was the, <laughs> that was for me. <laughs> it could be future segment for that. Okay, but I like the blue one. <laughs> perhaps this could be your gimmick when we move and when you you know become this uh, this profession on the road because we're gonna go check out a little bit of wrestling tonight. Wrestling and uh, you know nothing. There's nothing better on a Friday evening than to go catch a, catch a little wrestling. But uh, you know to. To tip us off into getting us in the, into that mood, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the 80s and 90s wrestlers that were near and dear to our hearts. Gosh, that's awesome. I think from when I took in some of the things that I can take in thing is I remember not only getting up in the morning as a kid to get watch like Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoons, but I remember Saturday morning wrestling okay. when it was the, oh yeah when it was the WWF with the old blue and yellow logo mm-hmm. and stuff like that when it was like original Hulk Hogan all that that was on. Was it on WGN or was it on Fox or there was, in Chicago? Is on one yeah. of those channels, but you'd watch it for three hours, and that was wrestling. And I remember it wasn't until like middle school that wrestling changed, and it went sure. to like the WCW and the WWF. They rebranded and split, and they, everybody wanted to do Monday night and then prime time. But like those early early days, I remember going to the Rosemont Horizon because I'm not going to call it the Allstate Arena here because <laughs> it was the Rosemont Horizon, yeah. and we watched a live event as a kid. And it was um, Jake the Snake. Okay. And then Sergeant Slaughter. And who was uh, Sergeant Slaughter's mistress that she had? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Well, anyway, Jake the Snake. It was a steel cage match. Jake the Snake, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, and the mistress. And he went and depanced one of the people. (laughs) And it was great. But it's like, that is awesome wrestling. It wasn't in the era of, like, this whole, like, shock stuff. I think they're, like, in the middle school time, I loved... You know, The Rock and Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. And l- let me tell you, it is not real. What? I, I, I'm going to be it's Santa Claus. I, I, I'm fathomed by the fact that you could take and place futures bets on wrestling <laughs> at casinos well, and online casinos. You're betting on the storyline. You're betting. You're basically at that point, you're betting on writers. Yeah. Well, if I was a writer, I would make a ton of money <laughs> off of that. But like speaking, roll that right in with the whole Pete Rose thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. See, that's where we're going with this episode. But, like, so my favorite wrestler probably growing up, I loved, like, Hulkamania. Okay. Like, original Hulkamania. And, you know, let's not get into the narrative about what he's done recently. Sure. I'm talking about, from that generation, Hulk Hogan, 
Hulkamania was like the epitome. Everybody wanted to be him and Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior. Those were like my three. Okay. Like to tell you how much of a Hulkamania fandom I had. Remember a couple of years ago when we went to Vegas and I had just the Hulk stash. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Shaved the entire beard <laughs> except for the Hulk stash to go play poker and to like, is this guy really got a Hulkamania <laughs> stash on? Well, we were out there a few years ago, and Hulk was signing at one of the casinos or whatever, and I wanted to go, but I mean, the price tag was uh, it was, I think it was like a buck and a quarter to get a to get an autographed like eight by ten, and I was like, I like that, and I would like I'd like to have it, but I don't think I want to spend one hundred twenty five dollars. Right, it. right. Um, and I think the one of the things that I learned from the childhood was. Uh, I was not built for the top ropes. No, no, yeah. you're uh, you're definitely not. A, definitely, uh, you're not a high flyer. I'm not a high flyer, but I had tried as a kid. And there is a, a story that I remember. We were sitting in our uh, my. It was in my brother's room. We were horsing around, and I got off the top ropes, which was obviously you go onto the couch or the sure. chair, and then you go. He was on his bed, wooden frame bed, and I go. Give him an el- flying elbow Ooh, drop. I figured you're going to go with a splash or something. But no, no, no. I always went elbow drops yeah. because I was like that. The combination force of me landing on it <laughs> splintered the bed frame <laughs> and broke it. Like, it was a r- literal tables, ladders, and chairs match. Okay. And my dad was like, oh, this is not good. Like, <laughs> Did you get cut off from watching wrestling at that point? Or were you still, you know, it was still available for you to view? Oh, very much available. Okay. There was almost, I remember times where we would wrestle as kids mm-hmm. and we, uh, what is it? The figure four, no, not the figure four, the Boston crab where you take in like yeah. roll somebody over and stuff like that. <laughs> I would put my brother in that for like an hour, <laughs> just sit and watch TV, like tap. <laughs> I'm not tapping tap. <laughs> and then he'd do it to me like occasionally. Like, yeah. Wrestling in the eighties and nineties was a very good thing. How yeah. about, what say you? Well, I have a, a little bit of a, a, different relationship with wrestling because uh it wasn't i was i was aware of wrestling and i, and I caught wrestling when i was uh you know in in elementary school and in the middle school you know during the uh you know the the 90s so the attitude era was like you know the this big start of where that kind of like blew up like it, we were at the right age for that um but i my first actual like exposure to wrestling um was i think uh, from Nintendo and playing the, I think it's the rest. I think it's WrestleMania, which just had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was a, the most basic wrestling the game. Bit, yeah, yeah, but it was awesome, and I loved the music. And then uh, I would always be Macho Man because I liked. His, oh yeah, and and Macho Man is obviously one of my favorites ever. Uh, I still use Macho Man uh, stuff to this day in in various conversations if I can work it in, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I liked his intro music because it was uh, pomp and circumstance. Sure, and uh, that's that's where I I caught that, and then I didn't get to watch it quite as much because uh, you know just uh, my parents didn't really like have it on. My my uncle would watch it a lot, so I would every now and again we'd be over at his house and like there'd be a pay per view on, and I would watch that you know because it was it's what was on, so yeah. you you check it out there. But yeah, I mean, I really didn't get into it um, with any sort of degree of like serious knowledge uh, um, until I was in like middle school and my it was really a lot because we got cable then and you know obviously you had the competing shows you had WCW WWE um, and uh, my brother got really big into it um, and through that whole thing like I that's when Stone Cold blew up and Stone Cold still right, my right. favorite uh, wrestler to watch at any point in time his gimmick was awesome although some of the names that they were <laughs> They were were going to call him before he chose the stunning Cold. Steve Austin. Uh, well, I mean, he was the ringmaster, um, and he also had the gatekeeper. Uh, but there were <laughs> um, some very very poor names, uh, and if you just go out and Google some of them, uh, there's some you you'll get a good chuckle out of it because uh, they were borderline like copyright. Like that was one of the big times where like McDonald's was putting Mick in front of everything, and one of the names basically sounded like something you could buy at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, McAustin. yeah, it was it was it might as well have been. Uh, but yeah, so I got really like Stone Cold was like one of the uh, probably I would say he's definitely my favorite overall during that that time period. Obviously, he wrestled for a very long time. Um, but uh, I, I, like I still uh, Randy, Randy Macho Man Savage 
uh, awesome. I mean, the the whole gimmick was. I mean, as a kid, you like you flock to that. You're just like, wow, this dude has got stuff, different colors and stuff flying around all over the place, and he's got a goofy voice. Uh, I mean, what? Why wouldn't you like it? Yeah, I think also like for me, Ultimate Warrior was one too because he had the he, the guy was just a beast. Mm-hmm. Like, and didn't he wasn't didn't he fight Macho Man? in one of the championships like that's I'm the sure one, he had one of them that they like you know these guys were ex-football players like big ex-football players yeah, like big, macho man was a uh, in the white Sox organization yeah it's crazy like they come and do this and they're like seeing them fly around and how athletic they are i also like the tag teams i also sure. liked uh not just the tag teams of like you put random guy with random guy right I like the women you take and put like, okay, they have a brand around them. Right. And, and that's like, they're trying to get back into that now. I think with WWE now, like that's the, for a long time, I think that the tag teams were just kind of like piecemeal and it's like, all right, we're going to throw these guys. I mean, they still have that to a sense, right. but like you have like the new day right now, which is absolutely hysterical. And like, it's just a great gimmick. Like the, I think those tag teams sell better with a gimmick. Right. And I think the gimmicks that I liked the best were obviously the Legion of Doom growing mm-hmm. up, Hawk and Animal, uh, the Laurenitis, like Suns playing in the NFL right now <laughs> kind of thing. Like the Legion of Doom where they had the shoulder pads, the black and red yeah. spike. They looked like those super fans for the Oakland Raiders. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy. Then you remember the Bushwhackers? Oh, thump, God, thump, the thump, thump. Bushwhackers. There's a, there's a really great wrestling podcast called The Lapsed Fan that kind of goes back into this time period and reviews shows. And it, they do like hours long episodes. Yeah. And like they do different like impersonations of like the wrestlers. It's spectacular. And there's uh, several of them in that time frame with the Bushwhackers. It, and they they just, were great. <laughs> they hate the Bushwhackers. My brother had like a, one of those, like, because they had action figures. They had a lot of merchandise. Oh, yeah. So we had a lot of the wrestling action figures and the bushwhackers ones mm-hmm. you would push their back there was a little thing on the back and it would take and make their arms go whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> and if you don't know what i'm doing i'm taking doing the bushwhackers arm up and down you should youtube that. it's good radio yeah it's great great radio <laughs> um but then another one like for me like the last really good uh you know uh tag team that i can mm-hmm. say I, I enjoy has got to be the dudley boys you okay know? and look i got dudley boy glasses you do. right there from uh Shout out to Jim for getting those <laughs> Dudley Boy glasses out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I I don't know. Like, do you think it's – I think it's a little crazy right now to think about how simple it used to be and entertaining it was as a child to how complex it's gotten with the theatrical. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I take and bring that up is not just in wrestling, but I think it's in a lot of different things. Um we have a certain nostalgia towards those simple things growing up. Like, yeah, we could play a triple A rated video game now, like a, a brand new sure. PS4 or Xbox game, but I have a lot more pleasure sitting there and playing uh, Zelda or Super Mario or NHL 94 because it's like that childhood. Like, I think yeah. we all want to have that escapism to the childhood. And that's why I kind of want to just get back into wrestling in terms of just like, I want to watch all that old stuff. Yeah. Like I know it's the production quality is bad. Like, well, right now, honestly, that's a lot of what they're doing because, like, I mean, there's there's a lot of like talented wrestlers on like WWE the WWE roster right now, but uh, like you look at the big things that they do. I mean, like they just brought back the Hardy Boys. Like they Goldberg had a title run. Like guys who were big, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, and that was like that's what they're selling around. It's like eventually they've got to start creating some of these characters that will do that same thing for a generation down the road. Yeah. Flashback. Because if you don't, then the, it's going to continue to lose popularity. Yeah. It seems like it's a flashback to our previous episode where we talked about Backstreet Boys residency mm-hmm. in Vegas. I mean, you have this, uh, this opportunity, this, uh, uh, <laughs> thing going off on my room here. Sorry about that. <laughs> if you can hear that. Yeah. Um, you're just a popular guy. I'm a popular dude. Um, we haven't en- enabled the call-in feature yeah, yet. Yeah, we haven't enabled that either. Sorry, I lost track of what I'm doing here. Get a, get a hotline going for a hot wrestling takes on yeah, all this podcast. Yeah, hot wrestling takes on all this podcast. Sorry. Um, what was I going to say? Um, it's Yeah, it's they know that their audience that grew up with this, that had the money and they could take it out of sales, they can actually start to buy some of those retro things, mm-hmm. like all those things up. So it's interesting there. So sorry about that. You don't know what happened, and you probably couldn't hear the ringing. My phone just went off. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. We, we're professionals. We can handle it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, 
it's certainly a different uh, dynamic now. And I think now the storylines are a little bit uh, shorter and they like, it's like a short attention span thing. Like titles are bouncing all over the place. Like one guy's not holding it. Like the, the storylines aren't necessarily like terribly compelling where I think like, I mean, part of it is social media. Part of it's just tastes have changed. Uh, but uh, I mean, back, it certainly seemed like back then, like the, the most of the story, I can't speak for all of them. Cause there was a lot of, really bad stuff that went, uh, you know, bad stories and bad characters and stuff, uh, you know, in that eighties, nineties time frame. but it just seemed like the, the title runs and, and things were more compelling, uh, back then, but maybe that's just the nature of being a kid and like thinking that like, Oh, this is like a really big deal. Whereas like in reality, it, it really wasn't impacting anything. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was highly entertaining. I mean, that, that whole, that whole time frame really just had, some very unique characters and uh some ones that should not be around anymore some overly overtly racist and or uh uh xenophobic characters but uh you know that that was part of the time that you know was going on back then but uh yeah i mean i really still like i i I think i actually get more enjoyment now watching the shows than i did back then just because i'm exposed to more i have friends who like it um and like they pay attention it's it's more of like a community thing more than anything for me it's like i don't actively go out and like watch all these every you know every show or anything like that but it's like there are some enjoyable aspects to this where it's like ron snowman like i'm i'm (laughs) ron snowman (laughs) where like knowing someone who does this uh you know on a on a you know semi-professional level and seeing all the stuff that goes into it it's kind of cool it gives you a little bit of a dif- different appreciation yeah, for absolutely, it. absolutely absolutely yeah, it's a uh but uh what would you say the wrestler is you know we talked about the best ones what was a wrestler you hated from that time frame doink <laughs> like you're not gonna pick john cena well i mean i guess he's no i like john cena he's like you can't see him <laughs> you just like his theme music my yeah, my, the, my dryer washer my dryer it sounds like the john cena entrance music that's awesome. it, it, like it's a samsung dryer i think and it just makes this this tone and it's like it's not quite on pitch but it gets close enough and that's every time i hear it go off i think of john cena which yeah. kind of which kind of sucks but it's also kind of awesome the two people, like the two wrestlers that I really can't stand, he, he's still modern, but he came in mm-hmm. in that time. And then the other one was like uh, uh, Chris Jericho. I've never really been a fan. Oh, of. yeah. I know why. You don't like, do you, is it just because you don't like his musical career or? <laughs> just the whole thing. Maybe I, I, It's not a Canadian thing either. But also <laughs> Edge. I never got a fan of like, okay. I never like, liked him. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's, uh, that's legitimate. I mean, it's not that I don't like some of the uh, – like some of the wrestlers, it's like you you just might not like the gimmick. One that I always thought was lame was IRS, <laughs> and he he wasn't that great of a wrestler, but like <laughs> the the gimmick was dumb. The revolting blob. <laughs> well, yeah, from uh, what what's that? Uh, Billy Madison. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like IRS was never like really interesting to me. Um, I know a lot of people made a big deal out of Ken Shamrock too, and I never liked Ken Shamrock for. Well, I mean, he was a uh, UFC fighter yeah. first, like mixed martial arts. So, but. Well, that's uh you got any other last no. uh, last words because wah, 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 wah. Oh god. We should have just timed the phone call up for this <laughs> one here. So no no last words. Okay, what do we got coming up next? Well, we first we got to get into another damn banquet beer. <laughs> 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 but uh again, support the podcast by choosing the beer of the choosing week. Choosing the beer. Yes. Yes, blah, 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 yes blah. do that. Do that. We definitely. really thanks you anonymous mother. <laughs> Uh, so let me get this situated here but uh well the next thing we got to talk about patrick is uh, another supremely uh good uh but but less frequent uh way to spend your time but uh we're we're going to continue talking a little bit about sports but uh we're going to go bust out our uh our issue of obscure sports quarterly and uh, okay <laughs> and <laughs> get into uh you know some olympic to- olympic sports specifically winter olympic sports but well, i guess let's not let's not print okay i have okay. a lot of winter ones i don't want to put that on you i don't want to put that on you um w- olympic sports that are just either weird ass sports or obscure sports that you're just going to sit down and watch no matter what okay so i think the first olympic sport that i'm going to sit down and watch no matter what happened god was it the 2014 winter olympics okay um and it was, and I'm I'm saying this just because it's it's not a sport. It's like 
how pink can Bob Costas's eyes get? <laughs> and like literally, I thought that it was like so. Twenty fourteen, they were in Russia, right? I'm like somebody in yeah, the, yeah, I think so. Somebody in his hotel has got to be farting on his pillowcases every night to get that bad of pink <laughs> eye. So like, I was just like, yes, this is great. The fact that they, it took him off the air for yeah. some of them because he's like. Well, they like tried to cover it up with his glasses, but it's, yeah. like, it, there's no covering that up, dude. Yeah, it looked worse <laughs> than worse there. Like, okay, so for me, I am always a fan of a lot of the different sports too. Um, Winter Olympics, it, it's tough because I'm a fan of the sledding events. Okay, um, I think the skeleton where they take and go down on a saucer sled face first, yeah, face first, is extremely stupid. Um, <laughs> I think the I feel bad still because I don't know if it was the 2014 Olympics or if it was in Vancouver where the loser um, in practice from, what was it, Belarus or something like that, Kazakhstan, where he got killed in like the first turn oh, like really? in training. Yeah. Because he hit a metal, like a steel beam. Oh, yeah. That's going to do it. Yeah. And that, that's tough because like I like that sport, but I know the danger, the inherent danger of it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that's weird that I can never watch is like the two man luge. I just don't even want to know what's keeping them on, <laughs> or how they decide who's going to be the top and who's going to be uh, the bottom for that. The bobsled's always fun too, seeing like the four man. Yeah, because uh, you know you gotta love fucking cool runnings. Yeah, oh absolutely, yeah, Jamaican I mean, bobsled team. So, are, do you do you have a preference between the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics? Are you a Winter Olympics guy or? See, I prefer watching the Winter Olympics um, just because you get to watch a lot more of the team sports. Like, the hockey games uh-huh. are awesome. International hockey you, is yeah. questionable at times in terms of like, ice size. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you have the NHL players in there, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm um, not going to see that again. Yeah, it's going to be. Well, like, at least not from a be, full scale. It's going to be tougher. Yeah. yeah. I think the winter offers a lot of, like, I don't necessarily need to watch all the skiing or the downhill. Okay. Um. The ski jumping is fun watching some of that when you that's can catch that. That's fucking bonkers, man. Oh yeah. Um the, the one that's really surprisingly fun to watch and you don't even have to wait till the Olympics is curling. Curling oh, is yeah. amazing. The shuffleboard on ice. You can watch that on like NBC Sports like on you know like they they run curling events like uh, if you have the web app or whatever right, you can, right, you can right. just pull it up and watch it. Well, so when I used to live out in Washington, uh we would get uh CBC, mm-hmm. Canadian Broadcast. Oh yeah. And it was part of the normal, like, you can get it over the air because you're close to Vancouver. And it was great because you'd wake up at 9 a.m. and you turn CBC on on a Saturday and know that you get curling for the first four or five hours of the morning. <laughs> and then it would go into the East Coast Hockey Night in Canada game. And yeah. then you would watch hockey all day because it would go uh, Montreal and Toronto would sure. have a game. And then they'd have, like, uh, I think... I don't think Winnipeg was there yet, but you'd have some sort of like you'd have Ottawa on. Right, it's a lot, a lot like what Fox does with baseball on right, Saturdays. Right, yeah. and it would go across the entire country, and then you'd finish off with the Canucks game. So, mm-hmm. like cur- curling was always one of the ones that I would actually watch and get into. Okay, and, like I know that from a fact uh, from a fan from a uh, a good source of mine. Shout out to JJ here. <laughs> he went up to the Olympics in 2010. Okay. Yeah, it would have been 2010 in Vancouver when they were up there. And they, I think he watched, like, Belarus versus Switzerland women's curling and said it was <laughs> one of the most exciting sports events he's ever been to. Not even, like, the fact that he had to, like, <laughs> it's curling, women's curling. Yeah. Like, you think, oh, this is awesome. Like, he was glued onto it, like, absolutely great. Yeah, I, locked and loaded. Locked for- and loaded. And then also, like, the speed skating stuff is pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I what, mean, what say you? Do you like short track or the longer ones? Both. Okay. I think short track is more like uh, shit's gonna happen because they're racing inside of a hockey rink. The yeah. long track stuff is more methodical, but like you take, I would rather watch short track speed skating mm-hmm. and long track speed skating versus track and field events in the Summer Olympics. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that that's fair enough. No track events in the Summer Olympics. If I could watch shot discus and javelin uh-huh. and like and pole vault. Right. Like the the really obscure field events, that's uh-huh. fun. Yeah. Um for me, I I definitely lean towards the I well personally Overall, I despise the Olympics in general just because of the corruption. The oh, the corruption. The it's a utter blunder for any city that ever hosts them. They wind up investing billions upon billions of dollars and then never recoup that expense. But right, right. That that's no fault of the athletes. And if, if I'm watching something, I I don't usually want to watch like the. 
the most popular sport that's going on. I'm gonna watch in the winter. Just give me the guy the biathlon. Oh yeah, men or women skiing and then Cross shooting a gun. Skiing. Yep. <laughs> like what? Yeah, sure, that's a sport. Why not? I mean, that's skiing crazy. long distances. Yeah, too. absolutely. It's it, I mean that's crazy from like uh in from an endurance standpoint to be able to do that and then like you have to fire a shot accurately. Like it's not just like hey I'm just gonna point the gun at something and it's like no you've got desk pop there's yeah <laughs> there's a you know you, there's a methodology to it with you know you have to control your heart rate to settle down your shots and th- and your breathing and all that stuff it's interesting I don't know how anyone came up with it I'm sure I could go on Wikipedia and read the origins of the biathlon Johan von biathlon you know what honestly I don't want I don't want to know I just yeah. want to live in this world where they just decided one day that like hey let's get on our skis and go shoot shit. Remember those Bud Light commercials during the 90s where they were, like, creating hybrid events, so, like, golf and football? Uh-huh. They should create one where it's biathlon and speed skating. So they do the biathlon inside. Okay. You just do a bunch of laps there. Then you shoot targets inside <laughs> a stadium. Probably not a good idea. Yeah, we're going to have to... We're going to workshop that gonna, one. We <laughs> might have to back off the audience to a certain degree, but... No, uh, no. You take it, skate a few, and then you skate through to, like, an auxiliary shooting range okay, inside okay. the stadium to skate back out. Kind of like uh, uh, what the guys do in uh, Strange Brew, the hockey okay. stuff. Yeah, like, fair enough. We'll All right, we'll, we'll we'll you know we'll present that to the IOC, and perhaps the if we can generate enough you know sponsorship and other revenue from the podcast, you know we'll just have the billions of dollars to try and get them to let that sport go. I- investors, possibly <laughs> you. Um, another one though for me, like in I, I also like curling is just goofy. Um, it's fun. It, I mean, sure, it it is what it is. Um, cleaning ladies and men <laughs> going down the ice with one really good ice bowler sliding. I don't know how one decides that they're going to get into curling, but, uh, you know, more power to you. But that's because we live in America and it's not that popular. Yeah. Like, if I mean, you, like I have a coworker who's in Canada and he mm-hmm. goes curling every, like he is in a curling league versus a bowling. Yeah. League. Which I mean, yeah, that that's it's definitely a cultural thing. It's, yeah. it's definitely, I mean, they do it in Wisconsin. I'm sure they do it big in Minnesota too. Uh, but uh, oh yeah oh yeah um yeah this but you mentioned before the ski jumping is nuts to me because it's like hey let's go down a ramp really fucking fast and then launch ourselves down. and see who could go <laughs> further <laughs> without falling yeah and it's like you're just that just doesn't seem like a good idea at all but i mean those dudes are and women who do it are wow i mean yeah. more more power to you because i'd be like uh no not I'm not even getting to the top of that ramp. I right. would I would just say no. I'm I'm good. I'm cool with that. Well, and then there's also a ski jump in the Chicago land area too, yeah. out yeah. in Fox River Grove. And one of the things that you don't realize or notice too is they jump during the winter and they jump during the summer. Mm-hmm. Like you're thinking, how do they? How do, how does one ski jump during the summer? They put ball bearings on the uh, on the skis <laughs> it's and all go. ball bearings these days, boys. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I don't want like. At least on the snow, you get to slide out. Like if you <laughs> land and biff it on grass, <laughs> that just sounds bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just have to have that gene or that uh, you know that ability to separate yourself from the potential risk and right. injury of it. Because yeah, that's um, that's wild. But going to the Summer Olympics, one that I always like, and this is a legit sport that I would like to eventually play: handball. Like, okay. That game just looks fun. Like gym class handball? Yeah, basically. I mean, but like I mean, you got these guys who are like you you have like just a, a combination of different games. Like you you've got like almost a basketball or hockey sense and sure. the movement and the you know, the ball moving around the perimeter and you know, setting up your shots. You have baseball where you just fucking huck this thing as fast as hard yeah. as you can. Like you got a little dodgeball element in it too because you gotta, you know, try and obviously stop the ball from going Dip, in the goal. Dodge, duck, dive, you've got a goalie, dodge. so you got a little soccer action in there too. I mean it's it's a interesting game uh i i'm all for it i'll watch handball regardless of country or uh or who's playing it could be amateur handball at that point like it's it's just fun to watch yeah for sure summer olympics i would always go to like the volleyballs beach volleyball mm-hmm. uh, you like the, is, the not is, the full team volleyball yeah, yeah where it's two on two because it's more active yeah. which is good um but to piggyback on your handball thing if you haven't watched water polo in the olympics that is a fun one because it's like okay we're going to take that game of handball and we're going to put it in a pool. Yeah. They it's so it's wild like my girlfriend teaches in California and at their school they have like 
you would think, you know, normally you go to a high school and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, here's the track, here's the football field, like there's the baseball field and stuff. They have like a water polo, like almost like an arena for sure. sure it's sure. a big deal out there. Yeah. Like on the, I know on the East Coast, like they have lacrosse, like that's a big deal. But like, and I'm sure they have it in other, it's big in other places too. But yeah, it's like just kind of weird, like never seeing that, like in Illinois, there's no, that I know of. My old high school had water polo, but it was like was it like a club sport? No, it was a, oh, it was it was, legit? A, it was okay. a sanctioned thing. It's just it's it's a tough thing because you have to have a pool. Not right. every school's got a pool. Yeah, like the thing with water polo, if you haven't watched it, watch it for a little bit, and you're like, oh man, making fun of those water polo guys. Uh no, water polo is aggressive. Yeah, it it is like you have to tread water because you can't touch the bottom of the pool. Mm-hmm while you're doing it you have to swim all the time it's kind of like that element with soccer it's like you're always moving but then you're hucking this very very hard kind of <laughs> volleyball at other people but there's boxing out and sure. stuff like football you can get penalties and stuff you're throwing elbows it's very aggressive it's like i i would say it's the opposite of soccer in every way because in soccer you can't use the ball in your hands well in water polo you have to use yeah. the ball in your hands uh in soccer you're you get penalized for being too aggressive or <laughs> blowing on somebody in water polo, you just could go crazy. You can even get penalties, but it's yeah, yeah it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I, I can't say I've spent much time watching water polo, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean that definitely sounds more uh, intriguing with with that. Um, another like you mentioned that you don't really like the track events. One that I find not not interesting from a it's again it's more of a an interest in the concept of Steeple how chase yes. How and I we, what, uh, one of our friends like his brother I think coaches the steeplechase. chase like right. one of the guys won I don't know if it was gold or he I know he medal silver medaled, silver, silver think, yeah. yeah um and it's like I don't know why you decided I mean I know like I've seen it in like horse racing too but it's like all right we're gonna run around the track you're gonna jump over a, a hurdle and there's a puddle yeah steeplechase was invented by a guy named Johann von Steeplechase <laughs> and he was a track coach back in uh, Germany in uh-huh. 1742. And he took a hose and was watering the infield while he had his uh, gardening truck on the track. And somebody <laughs> he was had a running. gardening truck in 17, what was it again? 42. 42. Uh, so he also, one of his track students, um, Wilbur von Stiegen, <laughs> uh, decided he wanted to take and jump the gardening uh, truck. Okay. It was a hand truck, obviously. Yeah. And Johan was so surprised that he turned his attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> and filled the puddle on the track, and that's how the modern-day steeplechase came about. I see. Well, now that I have those facts, I'm going to uh, research a little bit more and see how I can get into that sport. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, that, that entry will be up on Wikipedia soon. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily the most fleet of foot, but uh, I, I don't know. I'll give it a shot jumping over something, and I, I'll probably put my foot in the puddle. Yeah. Um, you got to have good draining shoes, I imagine, at that point. One last thing before we jump and switch. I did track in high school. Uh-huh. I was a thrower, so I did shot put discus. Right. And when I moved out to Washington, I did javelin for a very short period of time. And here's why I did it for a very short <laughs> period of time. Oh, uh, I was one of the first people that was like, oh, yeah, I, don't, I know how to do this. So I got the javelin. I took one of my first throws. And it w- went straight. And I'm like, okay. And this was on a day where the grass was dry and stuff, and they d- I didn't realize that you needed, like, javelin shoes or needed to put the spikes in. And you take and do a run, and then you're supposed to plant and then throw over. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first throw I did, I did okay. and went out there. It was a decent throw, you know. <laughs> like, in high school, I was throwing a javelin. Let's yeah. just put that into perspective <laughs> at a public school. <laughs> so the second throw, like, the our high school had woods on the sides of it. Uh, it was a wooded area, and... <laughs> I remember this, this, one of these next days in practice, I'm out there throwing and I run and it had been a little bit wet, you know, mm-hmm. so the ground was grass and mud and some stuff. I run, I didn't have any of the spikes on and I go run, run, run. I go to plant and my feet go out, but I still continue to, <laughs> I still continue to throw. And instead of going straight there, it went off to the right into the woods. And I'm like, they think I'm bear hunting or something like this. <laughs> And then the other story that I have as a thrower in high school is I remember hitting a playground with a discus in warm-ups and in practice and also in a meet. You were shelling the fucking kids over there. Yeah, I was just like, uh, the guy who was the coach at the meet is like, yeah, you might want to be done. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> well, Patrick, you know what time it is? Uh, got to call in the subs. Okay. <laughs> but... Speaking of woods, we've got a little bit, uh, you know, that, that works right into our next topic here because uh, 
we're going to talk a little bit here about uh, some some experiences out in nature that we've had uh, relatively either recently or, or in our earlier years that uh, uh, where nature basically just gave you the old big old slap in the face and said, no, nope, you're doing it wrong. You need to go back inside <laughs> or you, you are not allo- you're not pa- allowed to enter. Yeah. Me. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Go back to your room and go to box go to box feel shame yeah okay (laughs) god so so the reason i think about this right now is there's a story that i have and it happened last year (laughs) so Um, we're we're hot off the presses we're we're hot off the presses and this is corroborated by two people who actually were witness to this (laughs) uh and i know they were witness because i heard the laughter of course Um, so i made my first trip to hawaii which was awesome uh and Nature's nature's fickle down there. She mm-hmm. she doesn't like it if you're uh, 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 uh not attuned to the temperatures and stuff like sure. that. So like I had uh nature the first way I knew that nature was uh that Monday that we were there it started was uh got heat exhaustion at Pearl Harbor had to go sit in the air conditioned room. It's like <laughs> nope, you ain't going on that boat. You're not seeing that uh relic of history there. So I had to do that. So then the next day I was flying out and this was a whole Delta fiasco, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but prior to that, so like I knew my flight was canceled, but we were going to fly out at night. So we decided we're going to get up. We're going to go to the beach. We Where we were staying was on Oahu. And uh, it was uh, like over on the west side of the island. And we there were these coves that we went swimming in and stuff like that. And it was great. But we actually hadn't gone into the ocean. Like we hadn't gone into like wake and water and yeah. all that stuff we'd just been in these like peaceful coves yeah. where fish were jumping and smacking in the face and <laughs> that sounds lovely it was it was it was very interesting um so we go over to the beach and we walk in and we look at it we there was no one there because it was like a tuesday in august i don't know why no one was there <laughs> um and we see the lifeguard he's like yeah you don't want to go there that's where it's really the wake is really heavy and there's like an undertow and stuff like that mm-hmm. you kind of want to go down there and I got so excited. Okay, so we move our camp and move our gear over there, and I put my stuff down, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna like snorkel and I'm gonna see these things, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be absolutely awesome. And I run in there and I do my best Baywatch impression, and I try to like run in there, slow motion running like C.J. Parker. Okay, so I had to realize I just got a bad image in my head. Or a good image, depending on <laughs> what you're looking at. So I literally run in there, and I hit the water's edge, and I still get the high knees going in. Yeah. And all I can feel is, boom, the undertow pulls me in and smacks me. Six foot four, big dude, right to the deck. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is not going to be good. Are my trunks on still? Okay, we got <laughs> the trunks on. And then it starts pulling me in. I try to get up. It's like, nope. Pulls me down again. <laughs> I try to get up again, and then this time a wave comes and just crashes and knocks me out. The wave forcefully ejected me. <laughs> He's like, "You ain't, you ain't doing this this time." And I, I hear off in the distance just sheer and utter laughter, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna try this again," because I had no idea how the dynamics was working with right. the undertow. Like, this is my first Pacific Ocean endeavor, Indeed. and so I. I I ain't want to quit. So I got up and I tried again. Okay. And again, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And not more than three seconds later, I was ejected back onto the beach. <laughs> and then again, the laughter ensues. Cause they're looking, I think the cameras might've been out at some point to like, see, I would hope so. Like to see this absolute like mayhem of uh, a beast trying to enter. <laughs> like, oh, I can't swim. And so I actually finally got in there. And then I was taken down, like the current took me like almost like a quarter to a half a mile down the beach from where we were. Uh-huh. And I started freaking out and I'm like, I can't do this. This water sucks. Let's go back. <laughs> and then we had Burger King and I felt better. There you go. <laughs> the king the king uh, raised your spirits. Yeah. But forcefully ejected. Like <laughs> I only tell you of the two, but it happened for like probably a good 20 minutes. Like it literally, I probably looked like the most hilarious moron you could ever well imagine. I, I think a lot of these are the the happy medium between human stupidity and the force of nature right uh because yeah you've it happened to you once so that naturally you say oh well 
oh, that was just a fluke. Let me do it again. And then it went on to repeat several times right. <laughs> over the course. of you finally learned your lesson. You just had to nearly be dragged out to sea in order to do so. Right. Or right. And or deposited back on the beach at one point. But. Right. I, but I think the thing that it, um, I had never done ocean like I had done it on the Atlantic side right. of things, but I've never done it on the Pacific. And I, I, oh, you dive into the wave, and once you get past that first thing, you can just float. It gave like once I understood that um, and realized how tired this can make you if you're trying yeah. to just do this. I, I had more respect for it, so I didn't actually get, uh, you know, this three-hour tour. You know, this <laughs> once the land of the you get a the the unauthorized tour. Yep. Yeah, so one of one of my, I, I started young with my uh, with my nonsensical nature uh, adventures, and um, you know I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house, which wasn't in a particularly uh, you know it's in a neighborhood. It wasn't anything you know there was nowhere to go and explore and get into you know a woods or anything like that. But they had trees in their backyard, and I thought to myself, you know what? Other kids can climb trees. Why don't I? Why don't I do my part here and uh, see? He's like a I, lemur. They, and me being, I was a bigger kid. Like sure, sure. I, I was taller and I, I was heavy. Is like, all right. Well, I'm gonna climb this tree and uh, let's see how this goes. I think I was like four or five, and uh, they had these two apple trees. And they weren't particularly high, um, but being bad at climbing, uh, I decided, yeah, let's let's get the hell up there. So I got up, you know, one limb, and I'm up there, and I uh, got up to the next higher one. And, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, did not comprehend the uh, concept of the tensile strength of, <laughs> of said branch. Um, and I got up a little too, uh, too high for, uh, what, uh, what would have been required and put the foot up there, branch kicks out. I go down to the ground. Oh, not terribly far. I mean, this, it was a kind of a crooked tree. I think it was apple, uh, like a little apple tree Two, I think they had two of them in their backyard and yeah, but I went down a solid I would say seven feet straight down on my back as a kid. <laughs> and well, and at that point I was like, I mean, I knew I was hurt, but I was like, well, I can't go tell grandma and grandpa. They're going to think I'm a fucking idiot. Were and you hurt <laughs> or were you injured? I was, I was more like, I got the wind knocked out of me, um, but I didn't like so break you were, anything. You, you were hurt. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't break anything. Right, I didn't right. have to go to the hospital, but it's like, I, I can't let them know that this happened. So it's like, all right, I got to walk this one off. And it's like, but I can't breathe. So I just kind of <laughs> laid there as best I could until I could eventually get up. I mean, I had a bruise and, and stuff, but yeah, that was, that was my first foray into doing shit like that. And then, you know, as stupidity knows no bounds, I got, a, as I got a little bit older and, you know, you get to go out in the snow and uh, kind of enjoy oh. the, the, the Midwestern winters. Uh, you know, my friends and I thought to ourselves, you know what we fancy, like we like to go sledding, but let's get ourselves one of those jammer snowboards. And, uh, I had a, like my, my, my house had like different sets of hills that you could go down. And we thought, you know, why the hell not? You know, we're, we're athletic. We can handle this kind of thing. So I'm like, yeah, let's get on the, get on the jammer snowboard. And it was over Christmas break. And we built this big ass kicker ramp down at the bottom of the hill. It's like, Hey, I know what let's do. Let's go down this stupid either on a sled or on a snowboard and jump off of it. That's a great idea. Um, you know, I, and I would skateboard when I was that age, so I was like, yeah, you know, I can I can make my way around. Ooh, boy, was I wrong. Right, right, right. So the first I was bad at snowboarding. I'm I'm horrid at skiing like that that whole thing. I just generally now stay away from, but back then I was like, "Hey, let's give it a give it a run." So I would go down this board and like my feet were big, so they would catch and I would get, you know, tipped over or whatever, lose my balance. But finally, I eventually, you know, got my line down the, down this hill and was like, all right, I'm going to hit this ramp and it's going to be awesome. You're going to hit the kicker right I'm on. Gonna hit the, I'm going to hit the kicker. Like I got these, these visions in my head. Like I'm all right, first I'm just going to hit it. I just want to land it. But after that, man, I'm going to start doing 360s. I'm going to do all this other stuff. And uh, I hit that ramp and I don't know what happened. I didn't have my weight balanced appropriately. Uh, I went just for, I mean, I got up in the air, but I took all of my body weight, which would normally be neutral and it was full fledged forward. <laughs> and I went, I went probably, nope, a grand total of, I mean, I was in the air, but I wasn't in the air for that long. I probably made it four or five feet out past the ramp and just, but I was up in the air. Maybe, I mean, this thing was probably a three foot kicker ramp. So I'm at probably five to six feet off the ground and it was just a full-blown chest head right into the ground 
and I, I laid there. I, I laid that one off because I was like, that's going to be a problem. And I, again, <laughs> fortunately, did not uh, come away with any serious injuries, but uh, th- that was my last foray into the uh, winter extreme sports venue. Yeah, you <laughs> brought up two stories for me, like two winter sports stories. And the first one I'll take and do very quickly because it's uh, it, it happened to someone else, but I was a part of it. I was more of the casual observer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know those videos online where you see cats and they try to like jump, like jump to like, yeah. the thing, and they parkour it. Yeah, they parkour it, and some of them are very spry and can land it, and some of them just like kind of go and they just completely <laughs> biff it. So when I was in college, we were going across, and some of my friends were socially lubricated. Okay. Um, and we were r- running across the quad, uh, to go to a uh, house, uh, a buddy's house, right? And uh, it had snowed a lot, uh, considerable amounts. And mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we don't want to go all the way up this paved, cleared, snow-ridden, or snow-cleared uh, sidewalk and then go others. We're going to cut across this field. So we cut across. And my buddy, he literally, he, he was that cat. He misjudged it completely. The snowbank, right as you go over uh-huh. there, and he goes, jumps leaves his feet big dude yeah leaves his feet catches his toes and then his face <laughs> consider like goes in and plants and then he just does a couple tumbles <laughs> and he is just fucking there just like snow angels with no responsiveness <laughs> like and just like that's when he got ejected from there but the other one like going back to the snowboarding thing was um it was right after my 21st birthday uh, it was like that same week, and that week on my twenty first birthday, I rode a mechanical bull uh, <laughs> <laughs> three times. I'm interested to hear how this ties into snowboarding. I got really hammered, <laughs> uh, rode a mechanical bull, f- bull three times. I don't remember much after that night, but supposedly tried to pull a TV onto myself. Okay, but uh, the bull bit me, and I woke up with this like just huge bruise on the front of my shin. And so I'm like, oh, God, this hurts. And so my leg hurts. So we were going snowboarding later in the week, and I put it in the boot and stuff. Like, I don't want to take this out of the boot or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we're going snowboarding, and I didn't know what to do. And so uh, we finally get down. We do our our run, and this eloquently became my last run after after what happened. But there was this (laughs) – what is it, the easiest ones or the greens, the blues? Whatever the easiest one. Yeah, they've got a code that – yeah. Whatever the easiest one was on, I was on like consistently. Uh, we went through, and there was this hard part where you go down a more steeper side of things, and there was like an orange, those orange plastic fences oh, yeah. <laughs> that you had to go through and then back into because you're going into an, a hard run into an easy one. Right. They want you to slow down. So I don't know how I managed to ski free myself back and forth <laughs> through that without falling, and then I got some speed. So I'm picking up speed. I didn't have my glasses on, didn't wear contacts at the time. And I'm like looking, I'm squinting. I'm trying to like, it's dark, it's windy, it's cold, and it's on ice. Okay. So I'm setting this up pretty perfectly mm-hmm. with a busted ass mechanical bull injury <laughs> from before. And I, I see this and I'm like, what is that X? And I start to squint harder and I'm like, okay, X marks the spot. Just go for that. And I didn't realize that was the ski patrol putting their X in <laughs> uh, the ground because yeah. they were tending to somebody. And I'm picking up speed. I'm going at a nice clip, and I'm not uh, one that can stop very. Yeah, well. you're you're mo- you have a, a natural momentum. This was, I think, was my first time snowboarding okay. on a board. So I'm just like, oh shit, this is gonna suck because there was one of two outcomes that were gonna happen. Either I am going to plow over the two ski patrol helping the ski medics helping this injured person and run into the snowmobile they have right there because I'm going real fast (laughs) or I need to attempt to alter my course and try to put the brakes on. Well, so I attempted to alter my course. I get a little bit further out there, but I can't get the brakes and I'm starting to go to a tree. So I'm like, this is going to hurt. This is going (laughs) to hurt. And so you're about to Sonny Bono this thing. Basically what I did was, I was about probably 20 yards away from those guys. I started to alter to the right, mm-hmm. and I jumped. And I tumbled. Why didn't you just go down? I did, after I stopped rolling and tumbling. <laughs> well, I was saying, why did you jump in the first place? Why didn't you just go to the ground? Because I didn't know how to. <laughs> That's the thing. No one taught me that part. And I was going fast. Yeah. I was going fast. And so, like, I finally come to my mangled body. Like, I wasn't hurt that bad. Mm-hmm. I was just, my pride hurt. 
my body was sore. I landed about 16 feet away from the medics. I'm like, can you help me? That? <laughs> and they just see me like that. It <laughs> just despair. They're like, huh? So I pulled the board off. I walked down. I walked down. I'm like, I'm done for the day. I'm going to go put the board in here. And as I'm walking into the thing, I'm walking like on the back country kind mm-hmm. of a place that no one had boarded and it was icy and I slipped and <laughs> fell like three times. <laughs> Moral of the story is I get ejected from nature a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got one last one. Um, so like th- one of the things for me is uh, like, I, I'm not good at it, but I, I love to play hockey um, and I don't get to do it very much in, in California because you got to go to a, never, a rank and I'm not good enough to go out and play like rad hockey with those guys. Cause they'll just skate circles around me. Um, but like I'll play with my buddies when I come back here, like sure, over Christmas sure. and stuff. And, um, one of my good friends has a, uh, his dad's property has two ponds on it and they freeze great. So we like, we would play a lot of pond hockey up there. Well, one year we got out there and this lake is, I believe one of them is spring fed. So it has some spots where it doesn't freeze all the way through. Most of it's fine. Right. But right. There are like a couple spots that normally you're not playing in, but you know if you if a puck goes you know off and you got to go get it, um, so I go out to go get a puck and it only partially got me because <laughs> I go out there and I f- I feel like my toe pick a little bit and I go flipping forward and you know I'm like all right what the hell happened here, um, and I feel my foot and it's all cold and wet and I'm like god damn it I went through like not badly just my foot and in, yeah, in relatively yeah. shallow water. But then shortly thereafter, another puck goes out there and one of my buddy's friends goes to get it. and He just breaks completely through. I mean, again, only up to like his like at most his waist still. But yeah, yeah uh, and, and it's right next to shore. But he goes right in the, like the same exact spot. Just poof, and you just see him, like <laughs> half of a man Aww. sticking up out of the water. It's like, all right, it's probably done. We're, we probably should quit doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, fortunately, like we we have like a house there you can warm up real quick like there was no danger necessarily right, right. but it's like i've came very close to being that guy i'm glad i didn't <laughs> right right that's too funny that's awesome but patrick we have got to wrap this thing up because we just hit our <laughs> that's that's the feeling i had with this beer banquet beer wow this is depressing but you know we need to wrap this up because we're going to the track right now we're gonna go yeah we're gonna celebrate a little pete rose and uh, go throw a little money around go celebrate that Uh, if you haven't done so and you know you know get your uh drf and start handicapping out those ponies got the the derby tomorrow you got that derby, but uh, before we sign off here, we just want to take and thank you again for taking and showing all the love on the Instagram and supporting the show and everything, and obviously to our anonymous donor. Thank you. We hate you for picking the beer, yes. but we love you for the support and the continued support. So um, if you haven't done so, go to ohthispodcast.com, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. If you need to, subscribe to us so you can listen to us on the move. We are on iTunes. We Indeed. are on Google Play. You can stream it straight from the website. Uh, if you have listened to us in the past and you think we're good, think we're bad, give us a five-star rating on those said services so people can find the show and do that. Also, if you want to start any Twitter beef with me, bring <laughs> it. I will take and do it. We got a follow uh, from a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. on Twitter uh, regarding your RC Cola. And RC Cola, your buddy Eric, oh yeah, uh, was taking and talking about that. And RC Cola actually liked his tweet. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> There's so gonna like, be, it'll be interesting, too, because I know wrestling is a topic that a lot of people that we know listen to the show are more passionate about than we are. So we'll probably get a little heat from, uh, you know, hey, wrestling term, getting there, got to get our heat dude interesting um, the th- one thing i realized we didn't talk about undertaker at all no i i liked undertaker but it wasn't one of my favorites that's going to be another show yeah. so uh to wrap up if you haven't done so go to all those places like us do stuff for us help us out and let us know and we will help you out yeah in return and we will help you it's a serve us business steve <laughs> what's our next episode what are we going to be talking yeah, about the next uh one? next week uh we've got a, a little bit of a, a different show um because we're going to be uh, celebrating this one. This one's non-negotiable. Uh, so if you're uh, going to try and subject us to a beer, uh, it's not happening next week because we've got our a little bit of a Dark Lord Day preview. Uh, so we're going to be drinking uh, a couple different vintages of uh, Dark Lord Russian Imperial Stout from Three Floyds. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about some uh, war stories of uh, some of our battles with, uh, uh, you know, the the social lubricant that uh, libations, wa- the libations uh, that cordials, uh, <laughs> cordials. <laughs> That's a great one. But uh, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of that. Uh, then we're going to get into a little bit of heavy, heavy talk with some Batman discussion, Ooh. namely some cinematic Batman. But I don't want we we're not going to spoil too much here. Um, but then uh, we're going to hit a little bit of a, uh, a soft spot for each one of us too to wrap it up with uh, talking about one hit wonders of the 1990s. Ooh, interesting. So yes, uh, g- like I said, if you're ready for that, uh, that's what uh, we're rolling with uh, next week. So tune in. Awesome, Steve. Thank you for being here. Grazie. And for everybody, uh, thank you for joining us and following us to the show. Until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Patrick. We are out. <laughs> <laughs>